Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey, it's Mark Striegel. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. Wow. Uh, I really just want to thank Mitch LaFon. I had such a great time up at Heavy Montreal. Uh, he, through my connections with him, he got Avenco, which is like, you know, kind of the live nation of Canada, to bring me up there and set me up in a hotel and set me up with all access passes for the, the full three-day festival heavy montreal 2015 and i just had so much fun slipknot fozzy a bath devin townsend lamb of god dockin warren lita ford iggy pop faith no more nothing more i mean the list just goes on and on and on so much great hard rock and heavy metal and punk rock i just had so much fun uh, got a lot of great interviews, uh, got even, you know, got to hang out. I was talking with Don Dockin back in the, uh, the they call it Artist World, which is, you know, the whole festival's on this island, and, and I was stationed in the press tent, but a couple times uh, I got to go back into Artist World, which is where all the, the rockers and rock stars were. Um, a lot of them came over to, to us in the press tent for the interviews, which Hopefully you guys checked out. I, I posted a bunch of them, you know, from Venom to Arch Enemy, the Neurosis, so, much, so many great interviews we did, uh, The Agonist. Um, but anyways, those all took place in the, in the press uh, tent area where I had a desk and was set up with Mitch. And then, uh, but a couple times we got to go back into Artist World, which was, was really cool. And I got to hang out with Chris Jericho back there. Even though I didn't do an interview with him, I, got to, I actually had a really great conversation with him. Um, hung out, you know, with the rest of the guys in Fozzie, too. They actually gave me a ride to the airport, my wife and I. Got to say hi to Don Dockin. Doyle from the Misfits, who, you know, didn't even play. He was hanging out there. I, I guess he dates the, the girl from Arch Enemy. So, anyway, it was just so much freaking fun. Get up there next year. It's going to be another three-day festival. I hope to be back there in 2016. And, again, a big thanks to Mitch and a big thanks to all the folks at Avenco who... um basically brought me up there, hooked me up, uh, paid for my, my, my plane, my hotel, gave me a little spending money while I was there. It, it was, it was great. Anyway, so much fun on today's episode of talking metal guys. We have my Devin Townsend interview, which I actually recorded kind of spur of the moment. I have no, I had no questions prepared. I didn't even know I was going to be interviewing Devin. And, uh, I got a text from Mitch as I was out watching, faith no more saying hey Devin's here come back and interview him and sure enough I got back to the press tent and Devin was sitting there waiting for me and it was great to talk to him I think for the third time possibly the fourth time I think it was the third time he's been on Talking Metal great guy Uh, if you don't know Devin's music definitely uh, 
pick it up. I'm going to play some for you today. And also on the show, we have Marty Friedman, who called in not to talk about Megadeth, but to talk about his upcoming tour. So we're going to hear from Marty Friedman in a little bit, too. So uh, on that note, let's get right into my interview with Devin Townsend, recorded at Heavy Montreal as Faith No More was on stage uh, late in the evening on that second day, Saturday, which was the 8th, August 8th. Uh, here's my interview with Devin Townsend. This is an old classic by Devin called Regulator. I uh, love this song. And after the interview, we'll hear some new Devin Townsend project music. Check, 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 one, two. Check, one, two. 
Hey, it's Mark Striegel from Talking Metal, and we are backstage in the press tent with Devin Townsend, who played at Heavy Montreal today, 2015. Devin, have you played Heavy Montreal before? Never. No, it's the first time, and it was with an entirely new crew, so it was uh, sort of a trial by fire in a lot of ways. Yeah, I thought you sounded great. The crowd response was real good. Were you happy with the performance? Yeah, yeah, it's nice. You know, I remember while I was up there thinking, ah, this is really what I always wanted to do when I was a kid. You know, summer festivals outdoor, and it's beautiful, and people seem to enjoy it. And, you know, the people that are around me in my in my group of friends are good dudes, right? It was a perfect storm for me today. Yeah, it was fun stuff. Uh, I first discovered you way way back when with the Ocean Machines record, buying it off of uh, CD Baby. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah and uh, I wanted to, A, talk to you about that record. There's a lot of regulators, such great songs on that record. Um, how do you view that record, whatever it is, 18 years later? Well, I think you're, uh, to keep your livelihood going, you've always got to say, oh, this next record's the best thing that we ever did, but... You know, the, the early stuff I did it was probably the best stuff I ever did, you know, like the Ocean Machine and City and, and things like that. I had a lot of time to write those, and I was full of piss and vinegar in terms of my emotional sort of output. And what I do now uh, means the same to me, I guess. But it just it's it's never going to carry the same weight to people because as you get older, you, you solve a lot of the things that, that provide you with that fuel. And I think that's great. I mean, if I was still fighting with some of the things that I was fighting with that made Ocean Machine great now, I mean, good Lord, dude. You know, I'm in my mid-40s now. If I hadn't gotten over it by now, I mean, you know, we probably wouldn't be talking to each other. So I think Ocean Machine was, you know, one of the one of the coolest things that I did, I think. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But you've done uh, the, the Z2 stuff that you did recently, just really, some really great, great hooky songs on that. When, when you set out to do that, um, you know, you look at Strapping Young Lad, it's more aggressive. Were you purposely and, and consciously going for more hooks? Because I hear a lot of hooks nowadays. Well, I think in, in a sense, maybe. But I would also argue that everything I've done, whether or not it's Strapping or Ghost or Casualties or Ocean Machine or Z2, it's all coming from the same place. It's just that my motivations artistically are, has always been to to try and figure out what I'm what I'm feeling. Maybe it's because I'm emotionally really dumb or something, but it seems like that's an avenue that's always allowed me to 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 express it and then listen back and go, "Oh, okay, well." And then you move on. And then you just go through different things and as uh, those things change, your interests morph too. Like you might have a year where you're bored of yourself. Like there's a lot of years <laughs> you're bored of yourself, and in that way, I find well, you know, maybe doing the puppets would be a great way for me to articulate some of these things, and maybe doing something hooky is cool because you might see a show where there's people that sing along, and and that's nice. But usually, if I do something that's hooky, it's followed by something that's that's more complicated, and I I think that's just a natural reaction for me. I do something obsessively, and then when I'm finished it, I'm like, oh fuck that. You know, like, and then it goes the opposite direction. But I'm just kind of cycling through things that interest me, and and some years it's this, some years it's that, right? Right. And you know, going back to the whole CD Baby thing, and you know, originally discovering you on that website way back in the the infancy of internet, really. Um, what, like, how, how do you survive as an independent artist as, as opposed to, you know, there's so many big superstar artists on the main stage here and stuff, but you've never had that superstar status. And, and yet you, your output is incredible. You're doing so much stuff. Um, and, and how do you just keep it going, never kind of breaking through to the major rock star status? Well, I mean, I got to tell you, a bunch of thoughts come into my head. First off, doing what I want at least the audience that sticks with me knows that whether or not they even like what I do it's coming from a place where I'm not lying to them and I think that's in and of itself not as common as as maybe I would like it to be so that's helped another thought I had was never having taken that step has been the biggest blessing for me ever because I've never had to worry about um, subscribing to some self-imposed parameters if strapping or ocean machine or anything had gotten to that level, you'd kind of your identity would be pretty heavily invested in that, 
And now, I mean, dude, I, get, I did a country record. I do a new age record. I did, and they all sell enough for me to pay the rent, go on tour, got guys on salary, and no one, no one tells me shit. Right. I mean, I'll take that any day. And the last thing I thought is, I think when there's some people are younger, as they're starting musicians, you have to stop and say to yourself, what do you want to do with your life? Here's a twisted sister thing. What do you want to do with your life? And for me, it was never, I want to be a big star. I want to make millions of dollars. I just don't want to be like a total neurotic anxiety case. Like, I want to be happy in whatever capacity me as a human at this period of development can be. And that requires me analyzing a lot of the things that are holding me back, whether or not that's anger or fear or whatever fear, fear of love, fear of death your confrontation anything and that's resulted in a ton of music and so at this point I've got the life that I wanted and I don't have to sell my music or ass for Pepsi or, or anything like that I mean who'd want it either the older I get you know it's like I'm so stoked I don't have to look great that's awesome. You look great. Well, I thanks, like, man. No, I, I like, <laughs> Every no, day is a gift. Did the shaving thing. I, I like it, dude. I mean, it really works. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, I look at myself. I mean, I try every now and then. I'll do 15 push-ups and then tell everybody in my immediate circle that they should do push-ups too, right? Then stop, <laughs> you know? And then I'll just eat a thing of Cheetos while watching how it's made for five hours, right? But, I mean, it's great. Like I, my what I represent as a musician or a, as an artist. I mean, I'm not trying to get laid. I'm not trying to convince people that I'm tough. I'm not. I'm just like happily figuring out my trip, and and I think again because it's not totally full of shit. There's an audience that has been supportive, and that I'm. It's fine. And as far as that audience goes, being that you do such different styles of music, I mean, I'm more of a Devin. Townsend Project guy, you know, but there, of course there's Devon Townsend, there's Strapping Young Lad, there's the country stuff, there's so much different stuff. Do you do you find that the, the fans are segregated with the different styles, or are there fan, you know, are there are most of the fans accepting of everything you do? Well, I mean, I guess the only way I can have any perspective on that is like how I feel about it. And I mean, I don't like a lot of what I do, like I never really have, but it's what has happened. It's when I start writing, I don't second guess it I write what seems to want to come out like ideas and melodies roll around in my head and, and they make me crazy unless I actualize them but I mean I don't listen back to my catalog and we go dude check this stuff out it's so awesome I mean a lot of it I'm like someone said to me oh do you remember this song I'm like no so I just vomited out. I was spending some time with a buddy last night and uh, he's in a band that, that played here and they take a long time and they craft songs and do all this sort of stuff right and then he's like, well, have you been writing? I was like, dude, I got fucking 200 songs that I'm just kind of poking around. He's like, well, he says, I don't write that quick. I wouldn't know how to do that. And I'm like, well, it's kind of improv in my front. It's like the music isn't and never has been of, of terrible significance. It's it's the process. It's like why I'm doing it. Like whether or not I feel like I can be comfortable with an idea that is really mean-spirited or really stupid or really dorky or really uh, peaceful and that's what it's about but musically I mean it's a bunch of shit so I think that when when people listen to this stuff there's some people that really like some of it like really like some of it and there's some people that kind of like other but overwhelmingly I get the impression from people as long as you're not changing why you do it we're, we'll, we'll support it and some of it we might like and some of it we might not but it's more the point, and and I'm really like really thankful for that, man. Absolutely, and strapping young lad. It's been a long time since you've yeah, really done anything. It was the exact same thing. Like like um, I don't do strapping anymore, but it's not because I dislike. It. I love that. It was a huge part of my trip. But writing city was no different of a process to me than writing casualties of cool or ghost or ziltoid. It's just I was 24. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now I'm 43. It's like. I uh, thankfully a lot of the shit that that made strapping as cool as it was like I mean I'm, I got through it right or if not through it I was able to integrate that so I'm not afraid of it you know I, I, I accept the fact that I 
have darkness and anger and all these sorts of things but I just don't have a lot of patience or desire to like dwell on it anymore right on well thank you so much for talking with us on Talking Metal it's always a pleasure we've spoken with you I think this is our fourth time so uh, really appreciate the uh, the time and the great music through the years thanks man yeah I hope to continue until such time that hopefully maybe I'll just run out (laughs) thanks buddy Thanks, Doug. Yeah, you too. What you just heard was my interview with Devin Townsend of Strapping Young Lad, of Devin Townsend Project, of Devin Townsend, of so many projects. I uh, played with Steve Vai way back in the day. Uh, you know, go go to his Wikipedia page and just check him out. He's done so much. Uh, Universal Flame was that song right there. 
and that was from 2014 uh, by the Devin Townsend Project. Go buy that on iTunes and show your support for the Devin Townsend Project and the great Devin Townsend. A big thanks to him for joining us on Talking Metal. Again, that was recorded at Heavy Montreal. So much fun, Heavy Montreal 2015. I'm exhausted. I'm still trying to catch up. And show your support for Talking Metal. There's a few ways you can do that. You can buy a t-shirt in the merch section on TalkingMetal.com. You can go visit our site and just look around to listen to the shows. That's a way to support us. You can leave a review on iTunes. If you get the show through iTunes, go to the Talking Metal page on iTunes and leave a review. Give us a five-star rating or four-star. Don't give us any less than that. Uh, And uh, if Let's see, what else? And if uh, you want to do a PayPal donation, we love those. You can do those right on TalkingMetal.com. And the best thing, I think, is to use those Amazon links located on TalkingMetal.com. One extra step when when you're about to do a purchase on Amazon, instead of going right to Amazon.com, you go to TalkingMetal.com. You click through my links. That takes you to Amazon, and then you do your shopping uh, and this is a great way to support any podcast that you listen to, like uh, Eddie Trunk. Uh, whenever I'm going to make a purchase on Amazon, I usually go to his his page uh, on Podcast One and click through his Amazon link. He gets kick- kickbacks on that. Um, Jericho, same deal. You know, any Penn Jillette, any podcast you listen to, even even Corolla. I heard Corolla makes like something crazy like $75,000 a month off the Amazon links. I I wish I could make 75 a month off of mine, but um, maybe I can one day if you guys start using them. So please do that uh, and support Talking Metal. Thanks, guys. Now, we have Marty Friedman known for his work with so many different bands, Cacophony, Megadeth. And last time he was on, we had some good conversations on uh, Cacophony and also... Megadeth. So this time we're just going to talk to him primarily about his his upcoming tour. And uh, let's do that right now and then we'll come back and chat some more. This song is the title track off his great 2014 release Inferno and we'll listen to that and then we'll hear my interview with Marty Friedman.
Hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal and checking back in with us, the legendary guitar player, Marty Friedman. How are you, Marty? Pretty good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited because you are going to be returning to the U.S. for a full tour, which is really the first time you've toured the U.S. in, in a long time, right? Absolutely. I mean, I've only really done one solo tour of the U.S., and I don't even like to count that because it was only the West Coast. So uh, I like to say this is my first real official tour of the U.S., and I could not be more excited. And the tour will start off in Baltimore, which is, uh, that's your hometown, right? Did you pick that yeah. specifically as the, the tour starter because it's your hometown, or was that just kind of a coincidence? It was a lucky coincidence that once I saw it was possible, I made sure that it uh, turned out that way. You know, um, uh, actually, it's kind of weird because you want to get the first couple of shows uh, out of the way. You get work out the bugs and all that stuff and not do them in front of all of your hometown friends and everything right. like that. But uh, we've actually been uh, working out the bugs here in Japan, and we just played uh, a couple of big shows here. And so by the time we get to America, we're all, already going to be past that phase. So I think it's great that our first show is like in my hometown, and I already know a whole bunch of my old buddies are going to be there and uh, families, and it's just going to be a great time. Excellent, excellent. Now you say we have worked out some of the bugs, um, meaning your band. Who's playing with you on this upcoming tour? Well, I like to uh, – this is a funny topic because uh, I discuss this a lot with the people at the record company. We kind of don't want to uh, give too much details about the band members yet okay? because it's going to be the type of thing where you're going to see these guys and these people outshine me Wow. <laughs> When we play, I mean, it's going to be hard to keep your attention on, on me in the middle because the band is just so on fire. And I think that I would really prefer to uh, let the interest in them grow organically from that rather than me talking them up before we go out there, if that makes any sense. Sure. Do, are these like so these are name guys that we we probably know. Uh, if you're in America, you probably don't know who they are. OK, OK. And uh, that's all the reason that I'd like people to uh, discover them through me rather than to go search their history in Japan just yet. Okay. So uh, I, I, think it's, uh, I think it's one of those things that you'll understand when you see the band, but uh, just suffice to say that they, they are great. Excellent, excellent. Now, it's been well over a year since the great Inferno record was released. Are you, are you working on new music? What are you up to musically currently besides rehearsing for the tour? Um, we've been doing a lot of shows, actually. Um, we played in Europe, and we, we did two tours of Europe, and then uh, we did a whole bunch of stuff in Japan, and, uh, and we're going to do America. So um, it's pretty much been Inferno. Music-wise, uh, I've always kind of kept, uh, not a diary, but always kept, uh, you know, new music when it comes out, when it, when it happens, I always record it. So I've got a lot of memos of new things to do on a possible upcoming record, but I haven't really done any official, uh, you know, pre-production or anything like that. But I, I've got uh, a lot of material, and it's kind of like a lot of the things that I learned from doing Inferno you know, how to do things better and how to uh, make things more exciting is is showing up in the new material. But uh, it's not really in the forefront of my mind, but I, I would right. say I have, uh, you know, maybe a half hour's worth of uh, new stuff. Of course, I need like maybe six hours worth of stuff before I can start paring it down to an album, but uh, it, it's, it's, it's started. Excellent. Now, I, I know you're not going to reveal any of the, the players in the in the band that you're going to be touring with, but can we at least ask if there will be a vocalist with you guys? Um, well, some of the stuff may require vocals, and okay. e either myself or one of the members may take the vocal duties on this thing. There's going to be a lot of uh, kind of surprises. Okay. Uh, it's the first uh, solo tour that I've done, so... Uh, um, I've got 12 solo albums and uh, a lot of material to cover. And um, not that I'm going to do all of it, of course, but uh, a lot of uh, a lot of different ways to make it happen. So I think the um, I think the key to to doing this tour and to making a good show is to uh, 
have a lot of things that are unexpected as far as like um, in the actual show. Um, not just playing songs, we'll be doing different versions of songs, different uh, arrangements, possibly vocals, possibly unique guests. Um, just a lot of things to keep keep it going because when you hear the words instrumental guitar or instrumental metal I mean if for one it makes me want to run to the refreshment stand <laughs> right or, or, or the beer counter or something so to combat that um, it's really important to have a lot of uh, left turns in there and uh, and so there could be vocals to, to sum it up okay okay cool and you know, obviously 12 solo records, it's a lot of material to pull from. Uh, Inferno, of course, had had vocals on a lot of the songs. Um, but would you consider pulling it all from your solo material, or not, I'm sorry, your non-solo material uh, for the set list? Like, you know, you were in Cacophony, of course, The Great Megadeth. Would we maybe find any songs from those bands in the set list? I wouldn't count on that. I mean, uh, there, of course, there might be surprises. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm really not um, – how can you explain this properly? I really don't really have any plans to uh, revisit other bands that I was in. Um, if for no other reason, then that it's because it's a Marty Friedman concert. Um, and not a, a Cacophony tribute or a Megadeth tribute or something like that. Um, however, both of those are big parts of my history, so you know there might be shades of that showing up somewhere in there. But I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't get too excited about it, expecting things like that. Right, right, cool. Well, you definitely have piqued our interest about the tour, and we are very excited to see the second show, which will be in, in New York City in September, September 10th at the Gramercy. That's in my area here. You're also hitting awesome. Pittsburgh the next day, Philly the day after that. Wow, I'm looking at the, the tour schedule right now. Not a lot of days off. This is going to be a, an intense tour, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if I'm going to do it, you know, I don't want to hang around. You know, I just want <laughs> to get to business you know there's a lot of places that i want to play in a short time to do it so uh being a workaholic it was it was all about uh making as few days off as possible excellent cool well we will be there for the new york show and uh, before i let you go i just wanted to ask you what originally drew you to the guitar? Was there somebody you knew who played guitar was was it just simply hearing a certain artist what initially made you want to become a guitar player well it started uh mainly because i saw um, a big new york band kiss um i saw kiss and it was all over uh, i i knew immediately that's that's what i wanted to do that's what i was able to do up until then all i cared about was baseball and football and basketball uh, of which i sucked very badly at all three of those I loved it. I loved sports, and I loved uh, being involved in sports and competing and playing. But just it wasn't in the cards, and uh, and you know I just didn't have the frame for a, a football player. You got to be kind of big and bulky, and I was quite the opposite. Always the smallest kid in every class, you know. But uh, I was like that guy in the Bad News Bears, the guy who knows all the stats on everybody, but when he comes up to the plate, just completely sucked. Yeah, right. <laughs> You know, I was that guy. So, like, um, I knew sports wasn't going to happen. But when I saw Kiss, I'm like, well, I can do what those guys are doing. You know, of course, um, I didn't realize how great, you know, how unique they were. I mean, I was only a, a young teen, so I thought all rock bands were as insane as Kiss was. Um, but I, I saw them jumping around and banging out chords on the guitar. I'm like, well, wow, that looks a little bit more realistic than, than, than football. So, uh it was really all about Kiss at the time and, and the Ramones and, and punk rock. And that's what got me started. And, you know, it was something that I could do. You know, it wasn't a whole lot of options. And as an adult, as Marty Freeman in 2015, when you when you hear an old Kiss album or an old Kiss song, do you still enjoy it or have you moved on from them? Oh, absolutely. Still enjoy it completely. Still um, a fan. Yeah, still a fan, you know, and I'm a... I'm a big, uh, big fan of like 
people continuing to do things and do it well, you know, and uh, I think it's a good example. You know, there's too many great artists and musicians that uh, pack it up too soon and or due to drugs or due to, you know, situations that are, are not good situations. They wind up retiring and you wish they kept going and entertain more people. I mean, you look at the Rolling Stones, you know, and look at Kiss and... There's a lot of other artists that you wish continued to keep playing like that. So I have a lot of respect for the guys who keep it together like that. Good stuff. Well, thank you, Marty, so much for joining us here on Talking Metal. We look forward to seeing you in New York City on September 10th at the Gramercy Theater. Uh, to the listeners, check your your local listings. Uh, Marty is making his way across the country starting in September, going into early October. So definitely catch Marty at your local venue. Thanks again, man. Thank you so much, Mark. Great talking to you. Hope to see you in New York. What you just heard was a little Danko Jones and Marty Friedman, the song I Can't Relax, which comes off of Marty Friedman's 2014 release, Inferno. Make sure you catch Marty when he's out on tour September 10th. Unfortunately, I wanted to try to make that, but I don't think I'm going to be able to. Um, My wife's doing a play, which I got to go to the next day, September 11th, and then I'm going to attempt to go to the Scorpions and Queensryche way out in Brooklyn on the 12th, uh, so I, I just can't be out three three nights in a row. I don't want to be out, love my kids, and need more time with them. It's just been a crazy summer, uh, crazy August, really. Summer earlier was a little slow for me, but I've actually just like double booked right now at work, trying to get these podcasts going. And uh, yeah, things are good, man. Things are good. And I hope they're good with you, too. I'd love to hear from you guys. I'm on Twitter I got the uh, at Talking Metal Twitter handle. I also have the at Striegel 
Twitter handle. I'm on Facebook.com, M-S-T-R-I-G-L, my personal page. Also, give Talking Metal a like on Facebook if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. And that's about it, guys. The new Symphony X is really good. You should definitely check it out. I went and saw Def Leppard at the PNC Art Center with my wife uh, a few weeks back, and it was just a great, great show. Def Leppard never lets me down. Uh, you know, I know some metalheads don't love Def Leppard, but listen, they're a, a hard rocking band. Those first three records back in the day were considered metal, hard rock and metal, and they, they are still so strong. Uh, a lot of people like um, Hysteria. I wasn't a fan of that record when it really came out, but I must say uh, through the years it's really grown on me, and especially in concert, I just love hearing those those songs. But my favorites are probably High and Dry and Pyromania. On Through the Night, the, the first one is also a great, great record. Def Leppard, great stuff. Anyways... I ran into Mike uh, LaPond of Symphony X at the Def Leppard show, and their new record is just wonderful. It's called Underworld. I saw Eddie Trunk at the, the show, which was nice. Got a big hug from him. Really want to want to work on that metal show again if it comes back. I'm, I'm hoping it will, and I'm hoping it works out. Let's uh, keep our fingers crossed for that one. And uh, what else? What else? Saw Aaron from the Frank Hannon band at the at the show, and the guys in Tesla, and said hello to some of the guys in Sticks. It was a really great show. Tesla, Sticks, and Def Leppard at the PNC Art Center in New Jersey. A lot of good good concerts happening lately. Getting ready for ACDC coming up real soon next next week. Actually, shoot, it's crazy. So much stuff going on. Two weeks, I guess that is. I don't know. It's coming soon. But uh, then I'm going to Florida on vacation. So might actually uh, chill out on the podcasting while I'm in Florida. So you might go a week without a podcast. Check out Talking Metal Digital. We got, of course, the Talking Metal Podcast and Mitch LaFon's one-on-one with Mitch LaFon. He just did a great interview with Slash. You should go check that out. That's it. Guys, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. This is the new Symphony X. This song is called Underworld. Take care. We'll we'll see you next time. Green.